up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam has a big-ass Foster's beer in front of him, Kalal. And we are Atlanta's own. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports. The wackiest hijinks and analysis presented by the Pigskin Podcast Network. This is our second show in like three days because this has been one of the most insane weeks in the history of Atlanta sports. I say that with no sense of irony or hyperbole. It has been batshit crazy. The potential, you know, the end of the Freddie Freeman era we already discussed. We'll discuss it more. We saw Freddie in a Dodgers uniform today at the press conference. A huge Buster Olney story also came out detailing you know, the uh, the relationship between him, his agents, and uh, Alex Anthopoulos in the Braves front office, Chipper Jones, chimed off today on the radio and in that article. There's a lot to talk about there. We also have a shit ton to talk about in terms of Deshaun Watson, uh, who was potentially supposed to come to the Falcons, and that has completely blown up. So there's just a number of things to discuss, Adam. We couldn't wait till next week for many reasons. One, there's just so much happening right now, and two, I want to be out of town next week on business, uh, and I'm just not going to have time to do it. I'm going to be in San Francisco. So we need to do a show now. We're here. It's Friday afternoon. We're, we're sipping on drinks, and uh, we're here to talk some Atlanta sports. So let's dive right in, Adam. How are you, sir? Thank you. I was really concerned that you weren't ever going to ask me that question, and I don't. that's my cue to start talking. Mm-hmm. If you don't ask me, I don't know what to do. It's like you've been programmed to respond in certain scenarios. Yeah, it felt very awkward during your long diatribe. Yeah. You're excited. I'm excited. I, I'm very excited. It's, I, it's, I don't, it's I don't, I don't think we've ever done two shows this one week. quickly back-to-back. Yeah. And this Friday afternoon thing's not a bad idea. No. You know? I mean, they're, they're, like you said, there's just been so much shit going on. So much, Graham. Every single day. Something new. We can't even keep up with everything. No. I told you the Falcons signed Casey Hayward. And you're like, who the hell is that? What the, when the hell did that happen? Yeah, I thought that was like the offensive lineman that used to play for the Steelers. No, cornerback, veteran yeah, guy. I remember now, which yeah. was a big signing. It's pretty um, pretty good signing. It should complement A.J. Terrell pretty well. I mean, that, that was the biggest news of the week for sure. I mean, I know we talked about Freddie and Deshaun <laughs> Watson, but that's nothing compared to Casey Hayward. So where do we start? Christ, well, I think, I think let's talk about Deshaun Watson. We mentioned... Uh, on the show, the previous show this week, that uh, we were, uh, you know, there's there's a rumor coming out that the Falcons were one of the four teams talking to Deshaun Watson, and I was like, there's only one percent chance that this will happen. I was like, I also said I would go streaking down the street uh, if Deshaun Watson wound up. Going but you kind of got scared about that. Oh, I did, especially over the last couple of days when, um, and we'll credit we'll credit him. Uh, there's a there's a there's a site um, that does. You know, pretty much strictly covers Atlanta professional sports, kind of like us, but on a bigger level. Uh, ATL Sports, um, what are they called? ATL, ATL sports? sports Talk. Uh, ATL Sports Talk. Yeah, and they're they're good guys. We've we've talked to them before. Read their articles. They're good, they they got good stuff going on. But one of their um, members, uh, I don't think he's a he's a writer on there as much as more of like a producer kind of type. But no, he does a podcast. He does a podcast. I, I listen to their podcast once. It was good. Yeah, yeah. No, they do good stuff. But I, I don't know if he's like a, a traditional journalist or anything like that. Um, but he broke a story that said, per a source that he knew, that Deshaun Watson had chosen the Atlanta Falcons as the team he wanted to go to and that it was going to happen um, on Monday, this coming Monday, which I believe will be the 21st well, of no, March. No, first he said it was going to happen yesterday, Yes, Thursday. it was going to be within like a few hours or something yeah. like that. And then his source told him that 
uh, today he had a space on Twitter. I've never done the spaces on Twitter. You even know what a space was until we, we talked about it earlier. I did not know that. Right over here. I've heard of spaces. It's a company that does like communal uh, workplaces. Yeah. Maybe they're affiliated with space on Twitter or spaces. I don't know what it's called. Anyways, you, you, spaces, for those that don't know, which I didn't really know, it's just you go on there and you sort of listen to what someone has to say. It's, and then you can request to talk. It's almost like a call-in radio show podcast hybrid kind of thing it's it's cool it's all live um and he was talking on there saying that you know um this guy's telling him it's happening monday 100 percent it's happening monday um and he also to his credit said if it didn't happen he would deactivate his twitter account but he said this is happening on monday it's when it's getting announced it's a done deal he couldn't say who the falcons were trading all that stuff and so um, you know, oh, and he was confident. He was very confident. He said he, like I said, he said he deactivated his Twitter if it didn't, it didn't happen. And then what was funny is that when he posted his initial tweet, I mean, he did break the, you know, the supposed rumor. Adam Schefter, um, you know, posts the same thing about an hour and a half later, um, and no one really gave poor Jake his 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 credit because he did break, I guess, a rumor that people were sort but of. Why does he need credit for being wrong? Oh, I'm not saying. I'm just saying that they were posting pretty much the same thing he was posting afterwards but, without without crediting. But him. this just goes to show what I've been ranting and raving about every single episode. Sources and rumors are bullshit. Oh, I'm not saying that. I, 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 I chimed off a couple things on that last night on the Twitter, and my stat was nine times out of ten, a source is wrong. I don't know if you can prove that, but sources can definitely be wrong for sure. But it's like journalists think they're so high and mighty because they have a source. Yeah. But what's a source good for? If it doesn't come through. If it doesn't do anything. Right. And so. also, aren't you like supposed to keep your sources like, you know, a little locked up a little bit? He was like posting like screenshots of his text thread. It's right. like the opposite of what Alex Anthopoulos, like the Braves, only news we ever get like announcements come from the Braves official site itself. There's no leaks. No. There's nothing. No, he runs an air. Whoever shirt. Jake ATL sources is probably going to be fired for leaking confidential information. It, it could be. That Who was knows? wrong. Who knows? And then we're speculating over here about that. But the big news, Adam, came out today after it was about three or four hours after the space thing that I was in uh, ended uh, during my lunch break. Was that Deshaun Watson decided to go to Cleveland on a guaranteed five-year, two hundred and thirty million dollar deal? There's going to be. I think three first-round picks and additional picks are going to come after that. This is still not a done deal. It's not 100% that he's going to the Browns. Just saying that he wants to go there. There's still the, the transaction has not been formally processed by the league. The league has not handed out any suspension for Deshaun Watson for his uh, potential misdeeds that he may or may not have committed or anything like that. But the, 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 the sticking point here is that even though it's not official, it seems like Deshaun, the, the, anyone who had any hopes of Deshaun Watson coming here um, you know, it's over. It's done. Um, it's not happening for for better or for worse. Yeah, and I, I, I certainly thought we would be sitting here announcing the beginning of the Deshaun Watson era. Yeah. And I I felt hesitant about the whole thing at the end of the day. Oh yeah. Like if you if you actually read I realize all criminal charges were dropped. There's still Even a still. lot of civil cases. And if you sit there and like read some of these stories they're all very consistent. Yeah, it's and consistent like, behavior. It's women that don't know each other, right. and it's just like 
something went down. I'll, yeah, and I'll you know, say, it's, it's like with Marcelo's in it. Charges were dropped. Yeah, but something went down. Yeah, and I'll say this: having served on a grand jury before, the only you know the grand jury's job is to decide whether or not there's enough evidence to have the case go into actual trial, mm-hmm. and you have to decide as an impartial juror whether or not there's enough evidence to do so, and it's really hard in a sexual assault case to produce enough evidence to make any of the to make a case go forward sometimes because you 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 might not have DNA you uh, you it's it's a lot of the times it's a he said she said thing unless there's a ton of witnesses or something like that so it's it can be very diff and especially with a high profile person like this it can be very difficult to make any of these charges stick because of the lack of it if you don't have enough evidence as as, as a jury you know you have to make the decision not based on what you think it's based off the evidence that you have access to and so who well, knows what could have happened there but i'm just saying with sexual assault cases it's really hard to have those go forward sometimes because of a lack of sustainable evidence so there could have been a lot of shit that happened but it's hard to prove that that's all i'm saying right? law correspondent graham Walden, i'm just folks. saying i've done it yeah it's 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 um it's tough to prove that stuff by done it you mean you've done You've been on a jury. jury. Okay. Just just want to make that abundantly clear. Yes, I'm not. um, (laughs) I I don't have any sexual assault charges against me. Okay. (laughs) That's good, Graham. Yeah. Um, But does that make sense? It it makes sense. It makes sense. But, like, at the end of the day, like, yes, Deshaun Watson's a great football player. But what we would have had to give up to get to him, I don't understand how our franchise can afford that. And I understand we have a lot of cap space for next year. So maybe that was the general plan. But you need draft picks. You need first round exactly. draft picks. Like you can't. You, you can't give up three first round draft picks. No, that, that'd be chaos. Yeah. I, I don't think it would have worked out well for us. No. I, I think it would have brought some excitement. Yes. To back to the team for sure, and like I understand that side of it, but like I don't think it's the best long term move for the franchise, 100%. especially. And I just don't. I don't want a franchise divided. Yeah. I want. Everyone to be behind a player. Yes, everybody's already united in the Falcons fan base in terms of their apathy for this franchise. We are united. We stand <laughs> on that shit. We do not like the direction the franchise is going. It's not like we're saying that we are happy with where we are, with where we're at. We aren't. I don't think anybody is. But you're exactly 100% right, Adam. I feel like this would have set the Falcons franchise back years because we are paper thin at receiver. Actually, it's an insult to call us paper thin. We are thinner than paper at, at receiver. We only have one good defensive lineman. We have two good offensive linemen. Um, we have a very, um, we have no real good safeties. We have one great cornerback, and we ha- we just lost our best linebacker. Well, now we have two good cornerbacks. Now we have good two good cornerbacks with Casey Hayward signing. But like literally, you get almost every position. You have no running backs either um, that are worth a damn. So it's like you look at every position. We are just up shit's creek, man. And doing this, even though it would bring in a premier quarterback, he's not going to have, you know, it would take years in order for us to actually start contending again. Unless even, even with the additional cap space, you have to accrue draft picks when you're in the position the Falcons are in. And this would have just been detrimental to, um, to rebuilding this team by bringing in Deshaun Watson. So I am I am glad it didn't work. Um, speaking of running backs, which you just mentioned there, like just in all the signings this week, did you even know we signed a running back today? Yeah, I can't remember who it was. but Damian but Williams. Damian Williams. Know nothing about him. Uh, I won't sit here and pretend. Coming to us I from do. the Bears. 
So it'll be him and the Mike Davis show. Right. Maybe Mike Davis bounces back. No, I got no faith in anybody okay. right now. Um, but that's not, the, that's not the big story. So Deshaun Watson's yeah. not coming to Atlanta. They've kind of screwed any possibility of Matt Ryan. I mean, maybe Matt Ryan will still play for us. I don't know. I think, well, that was the other big news is that Matt Ryan was owed a bonus, I think, today. It was either Thursday or today. I can't remember. And he decided to um, not... Basically, he decided to push the date on the bonus back in case the Falcons made the Deshaun move, and then he could be traded. So now you're in a situation where you've kind of been telling Matt, hey, we're moving on from you. Oh, but sorry. Um, never mind. The, the, the super hot girl we wanted to go to the prom to turn us down at the last second. We're, we're coming back to you. Will you still be our quarterback? And if I was him, I'd tell Arthur Blank to his face to go fuck himself. No, you wouldn't. I would. I mean, you can understand. about the greatest Falcon Yeah, of all but you time. can understand from Matt Ryan's standpoint why the team would want to move on at this point I and get a fresh yes, start. Yes, you can understand that. But I think the way they did it I, I, and, and who they were going after, if you want to get into the moral complications of everything, would, would tell me that I, I don't want to be here anymore. That's just my opinion. I don't know. I don't know what Matt's thinking right now. I know Sarah Ryan like to tweet Matt's wife like to tweet about how um one of the former Falcoholic writers was saying that um you know the Falcons have done that dirty and all this stuff and she was liking all this all these tweets so yeah. I, I could you know you can tell she's not happy yeah no I mean I think and it sucks because I thought the Browns might have been one of the teams that we could have traded Matt Ryan to it seems like his stock's gone up a little bit yeah in terms of like there's no one else out there for teams that need a quarterback. I to think Indianapolis contend. would love to have Matt Ryan. I think Indianapolis could win multiple playoff games with Matt Ryan. Yeah, they have a, one of the best running backs in the league. They have a great offensive line. The receiving core is a little thin, but um, that would be who I would try to trade Matt to if he's if he wants to be traded. And it's just going to be awkward now, right? If Matt does stay, mm-hmm. that they went down this this course and really tried to. They apparently the full court press into Sean. You know, according to all these people, who knows what the hell happened? But apparently, he's very impressed by it. And the Falcons were the you know not just by ATL Sports, Jake, but Adam Schefter. Everybody was saying the Falcons, this is happening. Yeah. This is going down. So I mean, like the writing's on the wall for Matt at this point. I feel like, and I would not be surprised if he requests a trade. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what you do now because it's like, obviously, Fontenot and Arthur Smith are still trying to win this year. So right. if you don't have Matt Ryan as your quarterback, my boy Trubisky got signed. Yeah, he's he, with the Steelers, right? Yeah, yeah. he's he's not out there anymore. Like no. you're not going to run. What's his face out there? The backup. Rosen. Felipe Franks or Rosen. Rosen or Franks. Right. Like yeah. they're not going to do that. They're yeah. not going to unless you just commit to drafting a rookie quarterback at mm-hmm. six and starting him day one, which I don't see that happening I don't either. See that happen. I think that'd be a disaster to do that with this offensive line. Yeah. destroy that person's confidence. It'd be like Sam Darnold and uh, New York. Yeah, it'd be unfair. Yeah. So I don't know where uh, th- th- they bungled this. They did. And I think that they went all in and they failed. And um, But you know what, Adam? And I, it might work out because like, I, like I've been saying for years now, it's, it's time to rebuild. And this might open up the opportunity to actually get rid of Matt Ryan um, and send him to Indianapolis and begin the rebuild. And get some draft picks back. And then what you can do is take it on the chin big time this year. Sign a super journeyman quarterback, veteran guy that you have no long-term plans for. Lose a bunch of games. 
have your young players learn, and then hopefully you can start building through the draft over the next two to three seasons and then build a contending football team. Arthur Blank wants the quick fix, and it's just not realistic. But Deshaun, like just on paper, Deshaun Watson, like that would solve the quarterback issue for a long time. Yeah, and that, like I, I, I don't know if everyone's fully appreciating how hard it is to get a franchise quarterback. It is very difficult, and we've been very lucky to have a great franchise so, quarterback the last fourteen years. So, like so. when you talk about rebuilding through the draft, like who's your quarterback? Oh, it's a it's a thing where you're taking a calculated risk, right? You're you, you're getting some Joey Harrington type. You're getting somebody who's a journeyman quarterback. You're not expecting to win, but you're you're hoping in the next year or two you draft a quarterback that you can start grooming to take over. And then you just hope that he works out. And you hope that he works out. Unlike you know, 90% this, of the quarterbacks right, that don't work you, out. Exactly. It's a risk. It's a total risk. So, But, you, yes, Deshaun is a, he's top, a sure thing. He's a top 10 quarterback. He's a sure thing. But let's also keep in mind, in 2020, when he, when he had a pretty bad Texans team around him, and I would say that team is was probably beyond the same level as this Falcons team, if not. I don't think they're worse. But, you know, he went 4-12 and with that team. Deshaun Watson would not be a cure-all. If you put Deshaun Watson on this team today and you didn't really add anything else, we would still probably win five, six, seven games maximum. The more I think about it, the, I'm, I almost i am sad that it didn't work out. <laughs> I mean, you're getting a you, guy. Yeah, Falcons but, games would have been exciting. Been exciting. We'd, we'd be primetime TV. There'd be butts in the seats. Yes. You, yes. you could get free agents here. Yeah. Who, who's going to want to come play would, under it your plan? It would still take a couple of years before you're And even all these good players that we draft, they're going to want to leave because we're a shitty franchise. Yeah. You need a superstar. You do, but you also need to have a good team around the superstar, and we do not have one. Well, starting with a superstar is not a bad start. No, but like we talked about, though, having to give up all those draft picks would be suicidal to me. It's like you've got to build through the draft. Arthur Blank needs to get this through his head or sell the football team. Like, I'm so sick of his bullshit. Like, it's, it's, it, like I, it is tantalizing. If you, think, if you forget about the moral stuff... And you think about the talent of Deshaun Watson, it's very tantalizing. But he is not a cure-all. He can't solve all your problems. We have so many other issues. We've got to build the trenches. Start with the trenches and build out that way. Yeah. I mean, I guess that, that contract, that's just not feasible that no. we could do that. $235 so. million all guaranteed? Over five years? Ooh, maybe. How maybe. Many, how many millions of dollars? Is that like five goes into 23, five times? No, four times. I don't know. You're paying like $40 million. I don't know what you're talking about. You lost me there. It's a shit ton of money. Yeah. I I, I just figured out the fix, Graham. We're good. We're good. I'm back on this plan. Yeah. Trade Matt Ryan. Get a first-round pick for him. Yes. We trade for Baker Mayfield. What about Baker Mayfield? Do you view him as an intermediary option, or do you view him as a franchise quarterback? He's an okay quarterback. Is he your long-term quarterback? We'll see what he does. A motivated Baker Mayfield in a new uh, environment. Let's see what he does. Hmm. It's better than nothing. I don't like it. But I would, you know what, if it's a thing where it's um, he's the intermediary option, I'm not, I'm not opposed to it. I just wonder what Cleveland would want for him. Well, they already have Deshaun Watson, so it's not like they have a lot of bargaining power now. No, and and Baker wants out of there. Yeah, Baker when the uh, Browns were initially like, talking, they to might Deshaun, cut him. I don't know. They won't cut him. I think it would be too much of a dead cap to to cut him. But um, you're gonna have dead cap even if you trade him anyway, so it might not matter. But they're gonna want to get something for him, even if it's a fifth or sixth round pick. I don't know. It's it's a weird time. It was a crazy. It's been a crazy week, man. 
This has been such a bizarre, bizarro world. It's like we were thinking, you know, could it happen in the same week where it's like the end of Freddie Freeman and Matt Ryan, two people that have been with us for such a long period of time that have defined their respective franchises, who have been some of the all-time best players in their franchises. I mean, Matt Ryan, whether you like him or not, is the greatest Falcon of all time. And that's not an opinion. That's a that's a hundred percent fact. There's no Falcon that's better than Matt Ryan. And, I mean, the way that he handled this class this week as well. Yeah, it's like doesn't say not a peep to the media. Pushes back the deadline. He's like, okay, I'll give you till Monday yeah. at four. Yeah. Whereas like Baker was like going to the media and like, like crying tweeting about Twitter. it. Yeah. Yeah. No, Matt Ryan is a stand up guy. He takes forty sacks a year for you. He gets pulverized. He does his best with what he has to work with. And he doesn't say a fucking negative thing about anybody he's, he's a rare breed he's our quarterback graham but yeah it's time to move on it's i mean fine. i agree like yeah. i've been saying i love matt to death but it's been time to move on for a while because having a quarterback you're paying fuck you money to matt ryan and he's not a fuck you quarterback anymore he's not a top 10 quarterback anymore he could still be a very good quarterback but he needs pieces around him. he's not a guy that's going to lift you he's not going to take you to the next level on his own he needs a you know, I know I was saying the same thing about Deshaun, but even more so for Matt, considering his his skills are diminishing due to age and the beating he's taken over the years. It's just like he's not a guy you want to be paying forty million dollars a year. It's just it's just not it's not worth it. You got to move on. You, this franchise will never win with with Matt Ryan under center. It's not because of Matt's talent. It's because of the amount of money you're paying him that uh, basically negates the ability to bring in great talent through free agency. Um, and it's, it's, it's just tough, man. All these contracts. Ugh. Sickening. Anyway, that's Falcons news, I guess. Casey Hayward's here. He's a good cornerback. Had a resurgent year last year. Um, was one of Pro Football Focus's top-rated um, cornerbacks, Adam. And he did a really good job for Las Vegas. And Falcons are hoping that he... Um, <clears throat> can bring some mentorship to AJ Terrell and to some of the other young cornerbacks, and compliment Terrell as the other outside corner. So, it's pretty nice if you bring back Oliver as the Oliver was signed today too. Okay, bring him. Yeah, I mean, Oliver was signed. The secondary is taking shape. Yeah, the secondary actually might be the best part of the defense now with Foyer gone to Jacksonville, um, and no additions on the defensive line. Your your corner your cornerbacks in particular. Is the best part of your team. I still say look out for <laughs> Michael Walker to have a huge year, though. I hope so. I hope so. Like, I, th- I think that's a good, like, that's, like, nice to have that young guy ready to go. Yeah. And, and, the, and like, that. I mean, we'll say that for Fontenot. Yeah. Like, he didn't. He hasn't paid these guys that probably shouldn't get paid that huge money. Like, we have young guys ready to go. Let them play. Yes, I agree. And, and now's the time to, to evaluate that. Now's the time to evaluate that. Last thing I want to say. Yeah. How funny is it that Julio Jones... Got cut by the Titans. <laughs> we got like, two picks for him. Less than a, yeah, we got a second round pick for him. Yeah. After just like shitting on the franchise and the city that just embraced him for like a decade, publicly just like mouthing off about us. Yeah. Goes to Tennessee, scores one touchdown, maybe. That's pretty standard for Julio. Yeah, so it wasn't Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan wasn't the issue there. That might be a Julio thing. Well, Julio also, and he's just hurt the whole time. He, he missed a lot. Of, he, and you know what? Julio had been pretty durable throughout his career. I know there's a perception that he wasn't, but he was pretty durable throughout his career. But last year, I think we played seven or eight games, if that. People get old, baby. Yeah. People get old. Yeah. And so now Julio's a free agent. That was another rumor, was that with Deshaun coming back, 
Julio would also come, or not Deshaun coming back, he was never here, but with Deshaun coming to the Falcons, that Julio would come back, which I thought was hilarious. Like, there's no chance in hell, you know, if this Deshaun Watson yeah. thing happens, they're bringing in Julio Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The internet's a fickle place, and I spent way too much time on it this week. It's been fun, though. Yeah, yeah. It's been it's 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 interesting to have Atlanta sort of be in the spotlight of the sporting world this week. Well, we're a championship city. Greg. We're a championship city. Yeah, but it's also like between Freddie Freeman, you know, that the Matt Olson thing that was the 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 center of the the, the baseball world, and the Deshaun Watson thing was obviously the center of the football world. So it's like. This is sort of the, the normally what you start, you know, what you hear about New York, Los Angeles, Chicago. It's kind of nice being at the forefront of things yeah, yeah. for a minute. Every now and then. Every now and then. But never like this. College basketball fans, join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. The sportsbook isn't available in your state yet. You can still join the College Hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everyone can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share of over $250,000 in prizes. Simply join a pool and answer questions like, who will make it to the next round, or who will hit the most three-pointers, and then track your results. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN. That's promo code TPPN. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or over to play. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I'm still just sort of reeling from the whole week. It's been one of the busiest weeks I've had in a long time too at, at work. And uh, when, when you say work, you're like what you do is you promote our podcast, yeah. and try to make it bigger, right? Right, right. Yeah. So our 170 uh, Twitter followers that we've accrued over five years because they're such you, social media mavens. That's how know? you get your money, right? That's how I get. That's yeah. how I get all the money I have in the world. It's basically through this show. That's awesome, man. Yeah. We want to thank, obviously, the Pigskin Podcast Network. This is a big show for, for, for us actually talking about football this week. Yeah. We started with the Falcons for the first time in a while. Yeah. Since probably like October, September. Um, I, I did it. Back to Falcons real yeah, quick. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Mike Bell was mentioning like. He was so wanting to shine. He was wanting to shine. I kept messaging. I was like, no, Mike, you're but, wrong. I think he is right in the fact of how many just like we said it all year watching those games, even the ones we won, it's just a boring, oh, it's terrible, bland, no one's arguing, terrible that. football no team. So it's just the excitement, that. making it's, it fun again. That, that's it. And I understand that. I can totally understand that. But you also have to think about it beyond the fun, beyond what's on the outside. What is this? What is the subtext of this deal? And you can evaluate that in a number of different ways. You can evaluate the moral complications. You can evaluate what it does to the franchise long term in terms of draft picks, in terms of um, really just in terms of the draft picks. For well, me. it's like it worked out with Julio doing yeah. with the draft picks. It did, but I'm just talking about like we're in a or different you place. might have had to give up a young talent like an AJ Terrell. That would have sucked. That would be devastating. So like I, that was my thing. No Terrell, no Pitts. Terrell's the Please. guy. He's the best cornerback we've had probably since when Trufant was actually really good, and he. I think is better than Trufant when Trufant was actually a good player. I agree. So it's like, you know, you might have to give up Terrell. There was rumors that you might have to give up uh, Kyle Pitts. You know, it's like, I don't want to do that. These are guys who are young. They're cheap. 
and they're good and they're really good. And I don't want to I don't want I don't want to mess with that, man. I'm I'm sorry. Like when you have a team that has as many holes in it as the Falcons, you got to latch on to those young players as much as you can. Yep, it's crazy, man. Yeah. All right, so we get into this Braves. Yes, let's talk Braves. Let's first talk about Eddie Rosario, Adam. Yep, I got my wish. Got your wish. Eddie Rosario has returned. Left-handed bat. Two-year, $18 million deal, $9 million each season. Uh, Eddie batted, I think, 271 for the Braves overall last year. Was obviously the NLCS MVP, postseason hero. Um, did a fantastic job overall um, and was a key component to winning the world championship. So, you know, Anthopolis said it's probably impossible for him to replicate what he did during the NLCS, but they, they're hoping he can be a solid 800, 850 OPS guy hitting 30 home runs for them. They're expecting him to play an everyday role in this outfield and be a key contributor to this to this roster. And I'm really happy that he's back, even though I still would have preferred Solaire. You have to like Rosario, not only for the pop he can potentially provide, but also his defensive ability, which even though it isn't amazing, is a hell of a lot better than Jorge Solaire. Yeah, it's there's still rumors of us getting Solaire. But Dave O'Brien says we're still pursuing Which, him. that's the only reason I'm like, because it came from D.O.B. You can kind of... He has some credibility. I trust D.O.B. You trust him a little more than Sports Talk ATL. He's, he's a credible... <laughs> Very credible guy yeah. that doesn't throw things out there like that. But it doesn't make sense to bring in Solaire at this point unless you're like trading Ozuna at the same time. Because if you bring in Solaire to where we where we are now, mm-hmm. you would have Ozuna, mm-hmm. Solaire, Rosario, Duval, Duval, mm-hmm. Acuna eventually, right? Heredia. Alex Dickerson potentially. Dickerson, who we also signed after our last show, but he's on a minor. I think I so. Yeah. Acuna doesn't want to play center. No, he's made that. Mo- and, no, and I don't know if they're going to do that anyways. But like, we can't run. Like, we just can't run Duvall out. Duvall is a every great day. defensive outfielder, though. I don't have an issue with it. I mean, I think if something better comes along, so be it. But I'm fine with starting the season with Adam Duvall as the everyday center fielder. He is, by all metrics, a really good outfielder. Now he's not the best center fielder in the world, but he I mean No, he's he's he, a good defender. I just you can have worse options out there sure. at center field. And they've shown a willingness to choose like a great bat over defense as well. And it worked out with Solaire. It worked out with Rosario. Mm-hmm. Um and I know one of those guys will be DHing, but it just seems like a logjam to throw Solaire in with For all sure. that, especially when Acuna's back. I would like are you gonna have Solaire on the bench every like there's Keep in mind, there's a DH, so that also means no pinch hitters for the most part. All right. You're not using that bench up. So, no. like, it, it seems like a luxury to bring in Solaire at this point. Oh, for point. sure. Um, I, I would probably, at this point, even though I want Solaire back like crazy, I think anyone who's listened to the show over the last five months knows my love for Jorge Solaire, so I won't, you know, regurgitate that. Except for when we first signed him. Yes, when we first signed him, I was like, what the hell are we doing? But, but you've said you were wrong. Well, when I watched him play, he turned it around, man. He turned it around, and even before the World Series and everything, um, I lost my train of thought. But what I'm trying to say is that I think, even though I, as much as I love Jorge Soler, I would rather get a, a another uh, back end rotation piece or something. If there's someone out there that can provide some depth to our rotation, then I think that's necessary. Because you look at the rotation, you got Morton, Freed, Ian Anderson, 
I love I love doing this. By the way, I oh, love yeah, talking I, I, through I really lineups. This. I'm doing this for <laughs> it's you. It's my favorite thing. I'm doing this for you. So those those are your three horsemen of the apocalypse, right? And those are the guys that you're riding. Those are guys that we have ridden before to achieve uh, immense success. After that, it becomes a little murkier as to your options, though. I would say, but you have a lot of people. You have Tucker Davidson. You have Kyle Wright, and everyone forgets about Kyle Wright being an absolute hero during the the game he pitched in the World Series. Without him. You might not be we might be we might not be sitting here talking about a World Series champion at Land Braves. Absolutely. And this this could be this could be his he's year. gonna get his chance. This could be his year, but but it's still an unknown variable, right? So I'd like to get just one more veteran guy that can come in there that you know is gonna be solid but not spectacular, not pay him that much, and bring someone in here who can provide some stability to the back end of the rotation. I think it's worth waiting out. You, you didn't finish that list. So there's Tucker Davidson, Kyle Muller. Yeah, Muller. Kyle Wright. Right. Tukey, yes, Yanoa. I forgot about Huasker. Yeah, Huasker was that's a beast. Fi- that's yeah. five potential I would arms. Still bring in another guy and, because uh, you still have the, you kind of have two spots sort of up for um, basically up uh, up for grabs here in the in the rotation. Here's a name for you, mm-hmm. and because at this point it's going to be more of a like honestly a Drew Smiley. That's fine. Smiley's still out there, by the way. I don't. I don't want him back. But that's fine. What like do you said, think? What do you think about? Don't say Cole Hamels, or I'll slap you with this whiskey bottle. No, it's an old Brave, though. Okay, but he had a much more successful career with the Braves. Mike Miner. No, someone we can bring in on a minor league contract. Mm-hmm. Who, when he left us, he could only throw like eighty-eight, but now in his tryout with teams, he was touching ninety-four again. Who's that brave? I know who you're talking about. Julio Tehran. Yeah. I heard he was doing a workout in Miami Dade, Florida. Yeah. Um, and he looks really looks like he's got his Bring him in on a minor up. league deal. I would be totally fine with yeah. that. I would be totally fine with he's that. He's an innings eater. He's an innings eater. He stays healthy. Um, he, and you don't really have much to lose. Life honestly, wasn't good for him outside of the Braves. Yeah, honestly, whoever we bring in, if we do bring in somebody for this role, I'm not expecting them to be, you know, the guy you're relying upon. I expect there to be a lot, a little bit of shuffling going on in the back of the rotation as you figure out who's the right yeah. guy or guys to take those last two roles. And I mean, you just know at some point either more someone's than, gonna get hurt. Yeah, someone's getting hurt. One yeah. of those three are getting hurt. Yeah. Um, you get, you know, it got me fired up though hmm. thinking about. And I know he's still a ways off, and who knows if he's gonna be able to come back. But Soroka was getting interviewed about Freddie, and. Like Freddie, I mean, Soroka was just saying how he he's obviously sad that Freddie's gone and all that, but he's also he's also like also, I'd be stoked to face him, Mike Soroka versus Freddie Freeman. I love it. I would love to see that, that. Dodgers game is going to be the first Dodgers game is going to oh be must God. see. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have to go to that game. I'll pay 150 dollars just to send the upper deck because that's going to be electric. Yeah, the rematch of the NLCS. I love to see Tyler Matzik strike out Freddie. I, I just feels wrong saying that, but I, I want to see it. Yeah, I mean, if we get into the Freddie, like, like we we're saying earlier this week, love Freddie, but so happy to have a GM like Anthopolis. Like, that's who you want. A yeah. guy that saw the writing on the wall mm-hmm. and just knew that he had to get ahead of this thing and do what's best for his team. Let's talk about Freddie some more, Adam. I, I agree with what you just said. Buster only wrote a very revealing article. Yes, Notre Dame just beat Alabama, which hurt Adam's bracket. I think you had Alabama going into, what, the Elite Eight? Something like that. Yeah, sorry, friend. I picked this upset because I watch ACC basketball. Anyway, so Buster Olney, very, very uh, in-depth article here. So 
for those that don't know, and we didn't mention this last show because it hadn't happened yet, Freddie signed a six-year, $162 million deal with the Dodgers, the dreaded Dodgers, our biggest rival, I would say. I would say beyond anyone on the NL East. Dodgers are our biggest rival. Oh, 100%. I fucking hate them. I don't even hate the Yankees anymore. No, I I just hate. I just hate the Dodgers. I'll never get over the 96 World Series being one of my first memories, the Jim Larratt's home run when I was there. But I hate the Dodgers with every fiber of my being. 2013, Juan Uribe, David off David Carpenter. I remember that like it was yesterday. 2018, the Acuna Grand Slam year. They still kicked our ass. Uh, uh, What was it? 2020, they beat us to go to the World Series. And we got finally got our revenge against them last year, and it was beautiful. So now Freddie goes to the Dodgers. Out of all the teams, I, I just hate that, that he went to the Dodgers. But anyway, um, Chipper is quoted in this article saying, I feel like I lost a family member. I lost a little brother, and that hurts. I wish, like anything, that we could go back in time just about a week and have a do-over, just for Freddie's sake. Um, so you hear that, and that's just... That pulls out the heartstrings. I mean, Braves country loves Chipper Jones. We love Chipper Jones. Probably the all-time greatest Atlanta Brave position player we've ever had. I mean, Hank Aaron lives in Milwaukee. Different era. Different era. For us growing up, Chipper Jones is is the man, right? I mean, it's it's, it's him. So hearing that, you know how close they were. I mean, they were were super close. Um, You know, he also says... uh, he says that I have no doubt the Braves would have gone to 145 or 150 million. Uh, I'm not going to speak for Alex, but somewhere in there was miscommunication or a lack of communication. And Freddie echoed those sentiments today in his press conference with the Dodgers. He said, "I only got two calls from the Braves, and who knows how many times the agent talked to his agents talked to uh, Anthopoulos, but he said I only got two calls from the Braves the whole offseason, before the lockout and right after the lockout ended." Well, when else would they have called him? Well, he was thinking, and I don't know, there could have been more calls before the lockout. There could have been more calls after it. Okay. Um, Or something, I guess. Yeah. But, you know, it seemed like from that press conference today that he felt a little miffed that there wasn't more communication to him about this. And he was saying, you know, he mentioned it multiple times in the press conference today. He's like, I spent 15 years there, you know, including the minor leagues and being drafted and all that stuff. He's like, I wanted to go back. Like, he pretty much said that. It's like, like that was still my first choice, but it didn't materialize that way. So you heard what Chipper said on the radio today, though, about the miscommunication. Yes. And how, like, he knows that's not coming from Anthopolis. No, he says that's not coming from Anthopolis. And so is this an, a Freddie's agent issue? Well, that, we'll get into that. So only paints an interesting picture here with talking about um, Freddie's agents. So apparently on Friday, March 11th, um, the agent for Freddie and Anthopolis spoke. And according to four sources that Buster only has talked to, the agent, uh, agents, the agents at Excel who represent Freddie basically gave two proposals to Anthopolis and said, there's a six-year, $175 million deal for Freddie, which is an average of a little over $29 million. Or a five-year, $165 million deal, an average of $33 million per season. Anthopolis said no, and that was it. That was So Friday night was the end of the Freddie Freddie. Well, they, they were saying that was those were their best offers, right? Those were their only offers? No, he gave them an ultimatum and said, within an hour, I need an answer on this. It was, a, it was an ultimatum. 
So say that again. So six years. Six year, $175 million deal, uh-huh. which is an average of a little over $29 million. Yeah. And a five year, $165 million deal, which is close to $33 million per, per season. And he ended up signing a six year, $164 million, right? Six years, 162. 162. So he's a little worse off. Yeah. With the Dodgers than he, um, than what he wanted. I mean, he lost all leverage. I feel like once um, once we made the Matt Olson trade. I just don't understand the insistence on sticking to this six year thing. Like, it, it, what's really the big difference between playing into your age 37 season or your age 38 season, right? I mean, it's just, it's just tough for us because we're always going to compare it to Chipper. And, like, that Chipper interview today, he was saying the exact same thing. It's like agents – you need to realize as a young baseball player that agents work for you, not vice versa. Yeah. And, yes, a big part of the free agent process is maximizing your income, but another big part of it is making sure that you play where you want to play. So for Freddie, I don't believe that that played out. I don't – like, I, I think he wanted to play in Atlanta, oh, he but he kind of got caught up in this – Shit and like the agent, it sounds like the agents were trying to make as much money for themselves as they can, mm-hmm. and didn't necessarily have Freddie's best interests at heart. And um, you know, Anthopolis is going to do what's best for him and what's best for the team. It's really what's best for the team, which in turn is was what's best for him because that's how he keeps his job. And it seemed you know the the Braves gave Freddie a five year, hundred and forty million dollar deal. That was as far as they went, according to this article. So, yes, I mean, he made... Which would have been the biggest contract in franchise history as I well. I believe so. Well, because his, his last one was what, like seven years, 135? years, 135, or 124, I think. Yeah, so yeah. by a long shot. Yeah, so, and it's one of those things, too, where it's like you're making $140 million over five years, and you're asking for 175. It's like... Yeah, I mean, obviously, thirty-five million dollars is a shit ton of uh, money, but at the same time, you're making one hundred forty million dollars. That's all guaranteed. It, you're coming back to the franchise that you know um, that gave you the opportunity to play in the major leagues, and it's and it's like it's not, and it's a bigger deal than the Paul Goldschmidt deal, not by by ten million dollars. Yeah, he'd be the highest paid first baseman. Yes, it's, and and he's also no if he was like twenty four or something. Yeah, I'd be asking for the three hundred million dollar deal, like Tatis. Like yeah, yeah no, I mean Freddie's one of the best players in baseball, but yeah. you have to realize that those skills are going to start diminishing soon. You can't ask for the world here. Maybe not one hundred seventy five million dollars in the world, but for a guy who's going to be thirty eight at the end of the deal, it kind of you know it's it, it sort of is. I mean, I would have buckled like a like a paper cup if I was the GM, be like, all right, fine, let's do it. But that's why I'm not the general manager. Um, it's I a think tough job. It is a tough job, and I think. Um, you know, if you look at the Olsen deal, was it eight years, $168 million? I mean, you save so much money. And Chipper mentioned this on the radio. I saw a bunch of people tweet this out as well. With Acuna, Albies, and Olsen, you are only spending 38 somewhere between 36 and $38 million this year for three and their prime excellent players. The Mets just spent $43 million for, for, you know, per year for Max Scherzer, for one pitcher who is still a great pitcher, but that's, Dead one, arm. But that's one guy. Yeah. Dead arm Scherzer. Dead arm like Scherzer. He's only going to be there once every five days. We got three guys at the top of their game for under forty million dollars. Anthopolis 
is a better general manager than John Schultz would ever dream to be. I think Anthopoulos is the best GM in the game at this point. He, he's one of them, if, if not the best. I mean, I would also say that the Tampa Bay... Tampa Bay Rays general manager is pretty great for what they do. With the, so they, they have a severe we, lack we have of a lot more resources. We have to a lot work more resources than them. They they do amazing work. With they're in the postseason every year. They almost won the World Series in 2020. But I mean, yeah. Regardless, though, semantics. Anthopoulos is a top five general manager in baseball. I don't think that's you know exaggerating anything. The way he is able to do these shrewd deals with these with these players is unbelievable, and to ensure that we are a consistently contending team. I mean, he's done an amazing job, such an amazing job. Yeah. And without Coppolella being an international scandal, uh, doing that international scandal with the draft, we'd never have him. Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy. Like, Snicker would be gone. We'd have Bud Black. We probably would have... Fired him by now. Yeah. I mean, like, it is crazy how this all worked out for the Braves. And even though it still sucks losing Freddie, and I almost retched when I saw him in that Dodgers presser today, you got to think, in the long term, as much as it breaks my heart... That he's made the right decision for the baseball team. Absolutely. You have a younger first baseman under team control for eight years and potentially nine with a team option. And you've saved a lot of money, and the team is just as well off, pretty much, with Olsen. I mean, on paper, at least, we'll see what happens when it comes to get between the lines. We're in a good spot. We are, and, and which is great. Like You can look at the other side of where, yes, we could have used those prospects yeah. to trade for top-tier pitcher or something like that, but... All things considered, you got to feel great as a Braves fan. And at the end of the day, we're cheering for the name on the front of the jersey. Yes. Not on the back. As much as we love yeah. many of those individual players. Do love Freddie, but... Always love Freddie. It was uh, Leo Mazzoni today getting interviewed, and he said one of his best lines from John Sherholtz was, it's just business, baby. He's like, no. Mazzoni was always like, we got to bring this guy back. we got to bring him. He's like a huge part of this team. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, sometimes it doesn't work out. Right. Got to deal with it. Yeah. With Freddie, it's weird. Like it, it certainly looks like they just kind of looked at Freddie as just like a line item and an Excel sheet. It's going to cost this much. He's this old, and he didn't really take into account what he's met for this franchise. Yeah. In terms of playing through, just like the hard grinding it out yeah. all those years, playing third base so Matt Adams could play first. Right. He's a team first guy. He's a great teammate. Yeah. He's a leader. So the the leadership thing we can never truly quantify, but I think. I think there's going to be people that step into that role, as we talked about last, well, yeah. three days ago. Yeah, we have Ozzy, Dansby. Ozzy, Dansby. And, and, and they have that instilled in them, that Freddie Freeman from mentality Freddie. that he got from Chipper. From Chipper, yes. Playing every day. Yeah. That's fully instilled in those guys now yes. in Austin, in Dansby, yeah, I don't in think, Ozzy. I don't think we're going to see like a clubhouse collapse or anything no, like no. that. I think They're these guys are, are pros. They've gone through the rigors. They're champions. That's another thing, too. It'd be another. It'd be one thing if like the Braves had pulled like a Falcons last year and lost that World Series. Um, but they didn't. They persevered. They won. And they, they went through hell to do it. I mean, they did it without Acuna. They did it without Ozuna. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, they did it out without you know two guys they thought were going to be very critical to this this lineup. Hell, Solaire missed most of the damn NLCS, and they beat the freaking powerhouse Dodgers. Well, I know we're missing Muncie, but Jesus, I mean the Dodgers on paper probably still should have won that series. You know, if you just evaluate it purely on paper, but the Braves are a gutsy team. They have, you know, for all the shit I've given the Snicker over the years, I've also acknowledged that he does you know, an overall good job of that. You know, he's done a great job in terms of being a leader. Ron Washington, the whole organization top down is is outstanding. We are in a golden era of Braves baseball we haven't seen since the 90s. We're solid, man. Yeah. Um, and 
But yeah, seen for someone, and I assume this is Bill Plaschke, I don't know who it was, but asked him, did you see, I don't know who it was, but I'm just going to say it was Bill Plaschke. He's like, did you see Amphopolis's tears? And then Freddie was like, what? And he's like, did you see, and he repeated himself, and Freddie was like, I saw him, and that's, you know, that's all I'll say. Which to me, like, granted I didn't see him say that, but to me that sounds like, he, I mean, that's tough for Freddie to see, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, Freddie, I'm sure it's been a tragic week well, for Oh, that's Freddie. what he said. I mean, he said pretty much, like, I didn't know the trade was coming when it came. Like, I felt so many different things. I was all over the place. I didn't know what to do. Like, he, he said that during the press. Like, I'm, 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 I'm not exactly quoting him. That was the sentiment. He was like, I was all over the place, man. That was, that was, that was brutal for me. I got to watch this thing. I mean, I. I don't think he thought that we would move on. No, like, he he said that as much. He's like, I didn't think that was going to happen. Even the uh, uh, Saltzman, the 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 GM for the Dodgers, like that was slim to none chance that we thought we'd get Freddie. We were going to pursue him because he's yeah. a great player. And we wanted him here, but we didn't think it was actually going to happen. You play chicken, eventually you're going to lose. Yeah, and and that's what happened with the with the agents representing Freddie. I think, and I will also say this though. I mean, I can understand Freddie and his his agents being pissed off about not getting a deal before free agency. And we talked about the financial issues with that, but I can understand that that adding some animosity there and there. Sure, but it was, it was also just like the lockout happening, COVID, the shortened season. Like there was a lot of variables oh, of that course. came into play. But I can still understand even even regardless of all yeah, that, yeah. that 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 was a point of contention. Especially when you win the World Series. Especially yeah. when you win the World Series, and you played such a big role. It wasn't like Freddie was just out there not doing anything. He was a critical component of us. Winning. Except for a couple games in Milwaukee when I thought he. Or the Dodgers. It was against the Dodgers. That was the first two games against the Dodgers. first two games against the Dodgers. You were like, Freddie Freeman is broken. And I was like, you can... I was I was going to come after you. If I, if I wasn't at game two of the NLCS, I was going to come after you. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, hey. Baseball started today, Graham. I yeah. saw some highlights. Matt Olson got a hit. Uh, a little single at the middle, driving a run. Braves won 3-1. Drew, Drew Waters hit a bomb. Drew Waters hit a home run. First uh, run scored for the Braves in the... And spring training, so yeah, the new the new era is here, and it already kind of was here. I mean, you think about it, Freddie, by extension, because of Chipper, sort of the last holdover from Chipper was the last holdover from the 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 fourteen straight division titles and the five National League titles and the World Series run, right? And and Chipper, or excuse me, Freddie played with Chipper, so by but you know he was part of that at the end, the last couple seasons. Of, of Chipper's career. So it's like when Acuna came and Ozzy came, it was kind of like there was a new, there's a new attitude about the Braves where they got a little out of their, their, uh, their skin. I mean, Freddie showed up to the Dodgers training facility in a suit and wearing a first baseman's glove. And apparently Dave Roberts said, what the hell are you doing? This is Los Angeles. Like, you know, we don't, you know, we don't need to get up and dressed up in suits or anything like that. With the Braves, you know, it was always a big thing. It's like, you know, business trip. You're in, you're in a suit on a plane, and you go yeah. into places you were in, you know. The Braves have a new identity. They've kind of been forging that for a while. And uh, even when Freddie was still, you know, on the team, uh, when, like I said, Ozzy Acuna come in, you have a different attitude. Even with Ozuna, even before all his bullshit, it was like there was, there was, there was some flavor. You could be expressive. You could, you could be emotional. You could have, you know, more Donaldson fun. The umbrella. The the umbrella, the bringer of rain. And and Freddie always had fun, too. I mean, Freddie was always hugging people, and he was a little demonstrative. But at the same time, he was also probably the most reserved out of all the star Braves players. So, 
It's a new attitude, man. It's a new time. Here's a question for you, Graham. I don't know what the hell I was trying to say with that, but... Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, do you think, with Ozuna being back, mm-hmm. can we mix it up again? No. Mix it up was so good. I love the... I'm, I'm going to stand up and do the... The chop. You know, that's so cool. I don't know. Mixing it up is I, very fun. I miss fun. mix it up. Yeah. <laughs> but it had, but it's, it's like tainted because of Ozuna's bullshit, man. I yeah. And then there's the whole Ozuna thing, and we're not going to get into that, I guess. But it's like... Uh, I'm still a little... My feathers are ruffled over that. But what? It, well, I don't know. Can't really do anything about it. I still wish him the best as a baseball player, maybe not as a person, but you know what? He's on the team. Yep, yep, yep. This is... It is what it is. But um, we're not going to talk about the Hawks, Adam, unless there's some big news going going down with the Hawks. I'm making a decree. I'm making an executive decision here. Unless there's major news about the Hawks or the season ends or they go in the playoffs, I don't want to talk about the Hawks so, for the rest of the season. Do you think that John Collins potentially being out for the rest of the season All right, is big news? Yeah, that warrants discussion. All right, let's talk about. That's really that. all I got, though. His foot. Well, it's about, all messed up. What about the, the hand? The, what about the hand? He looks like he has giganticism yeah, or something. Know. It's not good. So Jalen Collins, not Jalen. Jalen Collins. Jalen Johnson. So Jalen Johnson got called back up from the G League today, which maybe they're actually going to play him. Which I would be. That would make me want to watch again. Well, it's interesting. I read. Um, I can't remember who wrote their article. I apologize if you ever wrote it. They're not like they're going to listen to this show for Christ's sake. But apparently, Okongwu only really got started getting minutes from McMillan last year because uh, the front office told him, hey, you got to start playing this guy. And now he's one of McMillan's favorites. Yeah. So it's kind of the same thing with Johnson, I feel like, is that McMillan's not going to put him in on his own accord. The front, you know, Schlink's going to have to come to him or someone within Schlink's camp's going to have to come to him and say, you got to start playing this kid. And I don't think there's anything to really lose. This is not a, a contending team. This is a very inconsistent team. Put the young guy out there, and let's see what he has. He's, he's, he's definitely, I don't know if he's ready, ready, but we're ready to see something from him. It doesn't mean that he has to go out there and drop 25 every night. It's just like, let's see what he's got. Let's just get a, an idea. You know? What's, what, what's the risk of that? Yeah, he's got an issue with the rookies, man. I don't it's, understand it's, why. It's very odd. He's apparently been killing it in the, in the G League. So Maybe worth watching for the Hawks, but yeah, we're, let's not discuss we're it not anymore. Gonna, yeah. So that, that sucks about John, though. Yeah. That sucks because I, I love John. I got John's jersey. Um. I hope he can come back next year and and and, and contribute in a big way. He was having a, a very solid season. You know, I would say he's the emotional leader of the Hawks. I know I said I didn't want to talk about the Hawks anymore, but I, I got to say one thing. One okay. thing. One thing. I got to ask you a question about the, the Hawks. Do you think there is there is some sort of major roster reconfiguration coming in the offseason due to the sort of ineptitude of this team? Absolutely. The Schlenk's a madman. Yeah. Angry. He's pissed off. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. This did not work out the way he envisioned. I don't think it's going to be like a full teardown or anything, but you got to keep Trey Young happy. Granted, we'll see what happens in the playoffs, but I have zero hope. Yeah, me too. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a disaster. I got to touch one thing on Freddie Freeman. Go ahead. A new source popped out, Graham. Per this source. Who is this coming from? Mark Feinsand. 
the hell is that? He's got a blue check mark. All right, he's got to be legitimate then. Per the source, fifty-seven million of Freddie Freeman's one hundred sixty-two million dollar guarantee from the Dodgers is deferred from twenty twenty-eight through twenty forty. So he's going to have like a, a Bobby Bonilla kind of kind of thing. I don't think so. Oh. Th- those deferments bring the value of the deal to approximately one hundred forty million dollars. So in essence. He turned down $140 million over five years with the Braves to sign a six-year deal with the real value of $140 million. And you'll have to pay 13.3% income taxes in California for the games that are played in California. So the deal with the Dodgers is worth $21.5 million less than is offered by the Braves in terms of real value. I think Freddie's agency, like everybody was saying they screwed him. Yeah. They really screwed him. So Josh Brown, at Rhubarb Brown, right. sums it up perfectly. To summarize, Freddie Freeman wanted to stay in Atlanta, tried to play the Braves by hitting free agency, thought they'd still sign him, Anthopoulos called his bluff, and signed the only first baseman in the world who's better than Freddie for more money than he offered Freddie. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing, too. I mean, Chipper said... In that article, he's quoted saying, you know, it's like you're playing. He told Freddie, you're playing a dangerous game. Like, do not fuck with Anthopolis. Like, yeah. he will move on from you because if he doesn't and you're and you're playing this chicken kind of bullshit, then his job's in jeopardy. You got to think, Freddie's our age, you know? Yeah. Like, how bad would you fumble a contract negotiation like this at your age? Well, I think it's different because it's all about, like, what you know, nature nurture, right? I mean, like, you t- think about the environment Freddie's been in and who's around him, who's so, in his So maybe ear. he's a little more prepared for this than we would be, yeah. But maybe also he wasn't. I mean, he said in his press conference today that he never thought he would get to free agency. He said that at yeah. the Dodgers presser. So it's like, I think it was one of those things where he was trying to get as much money as he could, which is understandable. I mean, who, who wouldn't, right, in any position, whether or not you're making $100 million or $50,000, you're, you're going to be trying to get as much money as you can. You know what it is? It's like George Costanza in Seinfeld mm-hmm. when they're trying to get their pilot on the TV mm-hmm. and they're negotiating with NBC and they offered them, like, I forget, it was like $15,000 for the pilot or something. And George is outraged. Mm-hmm. And counters, and the guy's like, you know what? Screw you guys. We got a million other shows. We're going to move <laughs> right. on. Yeah. And then George ends up negotiating against himself and knocks it down to $5,000. Freddie Freeman is George Costanza. Well put. Yeah. What a whirlwind, man. That tweet just like almost made me fall out of the chair. I didn't know anything about those deferments. Yeah, it breaks my heart. I, I honestly thought, I was like, if he's not here, he's going to get like a $200 million deal or something crazy. Well, that's what I thought was going to happen is that I thought L.A. was going to come in with some, what I thought was going to happen when he, when it was, it's kept going, right? I thought, maybe this is good for the Braves for this to keep going because that means, you know, Freddie wants to come back. Freddie wants to come back. He's going to like make the Braves match the Dodgers or get close to matching the Dodgers. But I thought it was going to be a lot more money than what he actually signed for. Uh, didn't work out that way. Nope. Yeah, he could stand it himself for sure. <laughs> way of the road, bubs. Oh, my God. I think we ended there, Graham. Yeah, I don't think there's really anything else to discuss. That's a, that's a mic drop from Adam and... Uh, Mark Feinstein. Mark Feinstein. And Josh Brown. And Josh Brown. We may never see another week like this in Atlanta sports. But I've loved it, Adam. It's been, it's been great conversation. 
it's been uh, emotional. You know, it's 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 been great. We we were sort of in the doldrums there for a while, and we, we and this sort of sort of shook the cobwebs off of us, got us back in the game, got us out of the Hawks, and they're baseball's back. Mediocre. That's bullshit. all that matters. That's all that matters. Baseball's back. Matt Olson's here for eight or nine seasons, wishing the best for him and the Braves and everybody. And we still wish the best for Freddie. Obviously, I think we can we can say that we still want him to do well. Just not when he plays the Braves. Um, hope we kick his ass this year. All right. We'll see you guys at some point in time. Until then, rise up, chop on, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitometer. Hospitometer.